All right, school begins tomorrow. I mean, we've got some kids already in school, but isn't today like the perfect day to hit the reset button because we've all got so much going on? I mean, it's, it's on whether we like it or not. Now, I can remember just a couple of months ago, it seems like a long time ago, but a couple of months ago, it was amazing because the kids finished school and summer was here. Right? The birds were chirping. The kids were excited. The girls were singing and dancing throughout the house. The boys had smiles on their faces like they'd just gotten a promotion or scored a touchdown. I mean, the arguments and fights like seemed at a minimum. It was party time, and everybody in the Lance family was happy. Now, the beautiful thing was that you know, summer brings a different pace, And it was noticeably different. It felt like we had some space, like that there was a little extra margin in our lives. And early mornings were so quiet and wonderful. There was very little stress. Well, a couple weeks ago, when our schedule started picking up, you could feel the pace starting to pick up. I noticed that something had changed. It didn't feel the same anymore. The days of summer were gone Nobody was smiling anymore. Discussions turned into arguments and fights, and there was anger and hurt feelings almost right away. Which meant what? Mom and dad, we started losing our cool. Every morning, so, in, 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 so we started every morning early practices. Then it was uh, two-a-day football practices, and there were meetings to attend to, and all these things to get for school, supplies and clothes, Right? Now, I like getting up early in the morning. I'm usually up by 5.30 uh, most days. But I started getting frustrated because I was getting up at 5 because I had to get the boys up by 5.20. We had to be out the door at 6.15. And then I was off to my first meeting of the day. Then in the afternoon, they would have another practice later in the day. And the girls had dance. We're starting dance. And all of a sudden, our friends... Anxiety and worry and stress were back. Our, our best friend, I guess, chaos, was alive and well in our house, whether he, we wanted him there or not. And I caught myself saying, I am so crazy busy. And school hasn't even started yet. All right, I think, uh, I think we can relate in this room Because the fall is here and we're all feeling it, or we're feeling it. And when, you know, you know how it goes, people start to ask you, how are you doing? What's going on? What do we say? I'm so busy, crazy busy. I'm so crazy busy. Everything's moving fast. There's little downtime. There's lists and lists of stuff that has to get done. And the schedule is set, right? The schedule's set for next week and for the week after that and probably for the next three months. And there's at least a couple of us that are thinking right now, you're thinking, hey, Dave, I only planned about an hour for church this morning, so can you keep things moving along? (laughs) Hey, structure, organization, schedule, these are good things. Some of us, I mean, we're, we're starting to get some stuff done again. We're cleaning out our garages and our offices, and we're getting the house uh, set. Some of us are adrenaline junkies, so we feel like life is finally normal again. 
We're accomplishing stuff. We feel valuable and significant when we're crazy busy. Stress and anxiety, they inspire us or motivate us to get things done, right? But here's the problem. Do you know what? If we're not careful, we can fall into the trap where someone or something else is controlling our lives. I mean, who's really running the show? And we start to feel like, even though I'm going so fast and I feel productive, maybe, maybe I've lost control. I mean, you might be a young person who's working long hours right now trying to start your career, but it feels like you're hardly making any progress and maybe the boss can barely remember your name. Or you're advanced in your career, but you've been passed over time and time again. Or you've started over. And the success and fulfillment that you're pursuing, that you've hoped for, has never happened. Or maybe you've got the success, your career is going great, but you're moving so fast, you don't know how you're going to stop on the racetrack. There's too much travel, too many demands, too many meetings coming up this week. You don't know how to pull back. It seems like you've lost control. Or maybe you're a mom who's beginning that time where you spend hours in the car running kids from school to another activity to to sports and on to the next thing, and the days are beginning to blur together. Or maybe it's your health. You've got something going on in your body. It's an illness that's changed your life, and you're not sure if you're going to get better, if you're ever going to feel the way that you used to feel. And you know, there are all kinds of things that produce anxiety in our life that give us the opportunity to worry. And we all have that stuff, don't we? So you may be really stressed this morning. You may be feeling it and I'm feeling it too. As kids start school tomorrow, you know, I'm, I'm anxious for each of them as they start off their year. So the question for us is, what do we do about this? Because do we really believe? I mean, does God want us to live this anxious or stressed out kind of life? Does he want us to be anxious and stressed all the time? Well, let's see uh, what Jesus, uh, what the Bible had to say about that and ultimately what Jesus had to say about that. We read this in the New Testament. This is the Apostle Paul talking to the Philippian church and he says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he does. So we hear those words, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. And that sounds so nice for a moment. But you know what? If we want peace, if we want a sense of purpose, we have to connect with God. There's no other way. So how can we go about connecting with God? And Jesus talked a lot about this with big crowds and with small groups of people. He talked about how they can connect with God. Why did he do this? Because he knew that they were worried and anxious They were worried about their their work and their kids and their health. It's a timeless human experience. And you're thinking, I know you are, yeah, but it was so much easier 
2,000 years ago. They didn't have electricity, technology. They didn't have the kind of transportation that we have. Their life was a much slower pace. Yes, it was. It was. However, their struggles were pretty much the same as ours. Ours. They were still concerned about putting the food on the table. Uh, do you think they could just run over to H-E-B to get the night's dinner? No, they had to get up early and they had to work. They were still busy and overwhelmed. So what did Jesus say to them? Here's what he said in Matthew 6. Large crowd of people is listening. Jesus says this. That's why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for the wildflowers that are here today and thrown in the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live in his righteous ways and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. So we hear Jesus as he speaks to them and ultimately as he's speaking to us and you say, great, now I got it. Okay, this week is gonna be so easy. No, I don't think any of us is saying that, right? But here's the thing. As Jesus communicates to us this morning, he doesn't want us to carry all the worry and stress that's holding, that we're holding so tightly onto today. He wants you and he wants me to be free of that. So the question is, how can I connect with God in such a way that I can let go of it and experience the peace and the purpose that Jesus is talking about. Well, we ask the question, so um, can I change how busy my life is? Probably some. There's probably something you can do about that. I mean, do you and I need to create more space for God? Probably we could do better than we're doing today. But here's the most important thing that Jesus is saying to us. It's what we really need to understand and connect with today. The most important thing is that we must invite God into our daily schedule. Jesus is saying, he says, seek the kingdom of God. That simply means connect with God. Connect with God first. Make him your first thought and do this one day at a time. One moment at a time. Why is it so important? Because it's so easy for us to get trapped, right? Where we get trapped in this cycle that we can't get out of, where we're so busy 
And before we know it, another day's gone by, another week's gone by, another month's gone by, and we are full of stress and anxiety. You see, if we don't take hold of this, if we don't hit the reset button today, then somebody else or something else in our lives will control us. Maybe it's our boss, maybe it's a coach, an ambition, an obligation, our kids, something else will control our lives. And yet Jesus says, the most important thing is for you to be able to connect with God on a daily basis. So think about this. Um, we all need God's help. I mean, if you're, if you're new to the church or new to faith, there's a sense, I think, it, you're here, there's a sense because you know you need help. And for those of us who've made a commitment to follow Christ, we understand that we can't do this on our own. We need God's help. Because if we don't get help, what happens? This crazy cycle just continues and we get caught in it. And you know what? That has a, a lot of impact on how we feel and what our life looks like. I mean, physically, mentally, what happens to you if you stay on this crazy, busy cycle? You feel tired. You feel exhausted, frustrated, maybe depressed. Maybe you get headaches. Maybe you're, you have a, a really hard time sleeping at night because you've got so much stress. As a result of that, maybe you drink too much or you eat too much or you look for ways to escape reality. And we end up living on the edge, fried because we're so crazy busy. And when we're fried, how do we treat the people around us? We can test this out this week. <clears throat> I know it. You're going to get in the car tomorrow and the traffic is back on tomorrow. All right, this is one of the best ways to test this out. And when somebody cuts you off or something happens on the road, how easily or how quickly do you get angry? Because when we're tired and frustrated, we snap, don't we? And we start to snap at our kids and we start to snap at our coworkers. And when you're out driving and somebody does something that they're not supposed to do on the road, what do we do? Some of us turn into rage monsters. We start to lecture people. We start to yell at people in our vehicles, even though we can't influence them in any positive way. God's the only one who can help us to break from these patterns. And these patterns come as we're busy and as we're going, and yet we're fried. And so if we want to change that, if we want to hit the reset button, it starts with us connecting with God, maybe in a new way, so that we can experience his peace and his purpose. Well, I have a friend um, who's been really dealing with this um, lately. And he's a driven guy. He's, uh, he's had success. He's you know, constantly pushed it over the years. But his, uh, because he was pushing it so hard, he was working so much, he was gone so much, his marriage started falling apart. It got very rocky. And he was working long hours and gone a lot and picking up some bad habits. And finally, his wife said, enough's enough. And that got his attention. 
And he started to recognize or to see that he wasn't a lot of fun to be around. When he was home, he wasn't in a very good mood. He was preoccupied. He was disconnected. And so he, he, you know, he said, things got to change. Um, and he tried to let God in. He tried to manage that, to create that. But something else always grabbed his attention. I mean, there's always a higher priority. Something else crowded out God. And either it was the next deal, the next trip, the, the newest goal or the newest agenda that he was supposed to go after. And he found himself stuck, worrying, pressing, burned out. And every accomplishment left him feeling empty. And finally, he just, he gave up and he said, I need help. And that's where things began to change because he started to take each day at a time where he would connect with God and just mentally and in, in the way that he thought about his day, he would connect with God first. And one change that he made was he, I mean, he was just so busy. He would only go to church occasionally with his family. He made a commitment to say, I'm, I'm gonna be at church on a weekly basis. I'm gonna bring my family because I need to reset each week. I need that focal point where I can put God first. And so he did that. And then he'd wake up early in the morning and he'd begin thinking about God and asking God to go with him as he started his work week. And that's really the gospel, is that you and I, we can't make this stuff happen on our own. We hit the reset so that God can do this inside of us, something that we can't do for ourselves. Jesus came into our world to die in our place because of our sin. And he was raised to show that he had the power and authority and the presence or ability for us to trust him because he knows what we need. It says in the text, Jesus said, your father in heaven knows what you need already. Just take it one day at a time. And as you and, you, as you and I think about what it means to live, to connect with God day by day and moment by moment, the gospel is a reminder that we can't handle stuff on our own. We have to give it to him. We have to allow him to fill us with strength and grace and the energy that we need. That needs to be our focus too. And we're all in the same boat on this, right? We can help each other, but we need this common focus. Otherwise, what happens? We get trapped in the cycle. I can guarantee it. I've experienced it. You've experienced it. You may be experiencing it right now. Where somebody else, instead of us resetting to focus on God, somebody else hits the reset where we get caught in the cycle. So here's what I'm asking you to do this morning. To make a mental commitment that you say, you know what? I'm not giving the reset button to anybody. I mean, do you share the remote in your house? No, you don't. You don't let anybody touch the remote in your house. 
don't give the reset button away. Because when we hit the reset button, that reminds us that God is the one who's in control. And God is present to be with us no matter what today looks like or this week looks like. He is present to go with us. Now, here's how this can change our perspective, because instead of looking at ourselves and our problems and the things that we're anxious about and the things we don't know how they're going to get resolved, we can begin each day saying, God, I'm looking to you. So maybe for you, that means it's establishing a pattern each week where you're like, I'm going to do my best to to be in church, to be with my family in church, to reset. Okay, this is going to be my focus for the week. But when you wake up in the morning, what if the first thing that you do is to, to think of God, I want to connect with you today. The very first thing that you do is you go out to make coffee or brush your teeth or however you start out, say, God, please help me today. Teach me your perspective. When you get in the car, instead of talking to other drivers, what if you were to connect with God and say, God, um, here's, here's what's going on today. I've got this and this and that. Please be, be with me through the day. When you go into a meeting, the first thing you say is, God, help me to think about what's most important in this meeting, to listen to other people and to engage When you sit down to eat a meal with your family, to begin praying, to say, God, thank you for today. Thank you for our kids. And it's a good opportunity to to check in and say, what's going on with you? How can we pray and ask God to meet us and to lead us? When you work out, that's an opportunity too, to connect with God, to allow God to help you focus not just on your health, but to drop the things that you're worried about. And when you go to bed at night, to say, thank you, God. God, I, I don't know how tomorrow is gonna turn out. I know what time I need to get up. I know what's on the schedule. Please help me to have the right mindset as I start the day. That's something that you and I can take control of, where we hit that reset over and over and over again, saying, God, I need your help. I want to connect with you. I don't want to be caught in this crazy cycle. Um, I love the story of, of Tony Dungy. Most of us have heard of Tony Dungy. He was an NFL coach, a very successful NFL coach. He coached uh, Tampa Bay and the Indianapolis Colts, coached for over 10 years in the NFL, and was actually in the playoffs 10 straight years. I don't know if anybody else has ever done that. His win record was incredible. Won the Super Bowl in 2007. Um, I mean, I'm sure your life is busy, but here's an NFL coach. I can't imagine what his daily routine was like. He was super crazy busy, and yet... As a committed follower of Christ, he was able to establish kind of this connection with God on a daily basis where he connected with God first. And he's written books and he's, uh, you know, right now he's uh, not coaching. He's a sports commentator and he runs an organization called All Pro Dad, where he's encouraging and inspiring dads um, to be better. 
But what I found really interesting is here's this man of faith who's, who's he shared about his faith and the importance of his grounding in Christ. He said, it, it didn't matter what I accomplished in football. It didn't matter how many championships we won or how many wins and success we had. What mattered most was how I was living for God today. And I was really blown away as I looked at, uh, you know, some of the things that he said. And here's what he said. I thought, you know, he would talk about how important winning was and how he put a winning team together. And winning was important, but it wasn't the most important thing. He said, the most important thing to me was to take these men, these professional football players, and to make them better men by the time that we were done with the season, with their career. And I thought, you know, I get that in college. I mean, a college coach has an opportunity to build into young men's lives, right? But an NFL coach, to actually, his goal to be to make better men out of these professional athletes who have everything. And not only was that his goal, it was his experience. Tony had success over and over again. That's why they won so many games. But it's because Tony was able to start with God each day. And it didn't happen overnight for him. It took many years for him to develop this. But where he started each day. And here's what he said. He said, I want to start each day with God. And I want God to be kind of showing me his perspective so that I can make a difference in somebody else's life. Tony said this, everyone everywhere needs encouragement on a regular basis. So start with people you know and add to your list. Look for an opportunity today to encourage someone else. Now think about that. As you hit the reset button this week, what if, as we collectively hit the reset button, what if we we're more open to the people around us. We're saying, God, go with me. How can I notice or pay attention to someone around me, to the people around me, someone that I might be able to encourage today? Now, if we did that together, this city would be a little better place, right? And that's what I'm really calling all of us to, is to hit the reset button and to see how God is going to lead you today, tomorrow, and this week. 